I'm Britton Peck, and you are listening to Good Morning Mom. Are you a mom trying to do all the things? Me too, although I'm not sure we want to be bragging about this. This life is crazy busy, and I feel the pull to be doing it all. And yet, I want to feel the calm, and I want to feel the peace. However, we still have all the things that we have to do every day. So join me as we navigate the crazy chaos of mom life, but integrate the habits into our lives that bring calm and peace that we all desire. Let's do this. Well, hey there, friends, and welcome back. Can I just say thank you so much for listening in. Today, we're going to talk about winning and losing, and I'm really excited for today's topic because I have talked about this in the past, but I was recently studying the prodigal son parable from the Bible, and this topic came back to my mind with a little bit of a twist and a little bit of a punch, so let's dig into it. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with the story of the prodigal son, but here's the summary. A man has two sons. He divides his inheritance between the two, and the younger son goes off into far countries. He squanders his money. While he spends it all, he parties it away. He's really living it up until he runs out and is forced to be with the pigs. And it says he was so hungry that he wished he could eat the husks that they fed the pigs. Well, one day... He came to himself, it says, as in he remembered who he was and where he came from, and he thought that it would be better to go home to his family and be a servant to his family than to live here with nothing or with the pigs. So you know the story. He goes home to his father. His father runs to him, welcomes him with open arms. I'm sure it was such a very tender, loving moment. He clothes him in the family rings and robes. He kills the fatted calf and basically throws a huge party to celebrate that his son has come home. Now, I think many of the conversations about this parable are focused here on the forgiveness of the father to his son, who basically was irresponsible and partied away his inheritance. However, when I was studying this story, I came across a talk by Jeffrey R. Holland from the April 2002 General Conference, and it was called The Other Prodigal, and it definitely hit home with me. So can I ask you something? When hearing the parable of the prodigal son, who do you picture yourself as in the story? Do you think of yourself as like the younger brother who runs away or the older brother who stays the whole time? The one who runs away, you know, he likes to party or are you the one who stays and works hard? The one who runs away and, you know, squanders his inheritance, you know, doesn't have a care in the world or are you the one who stays and is obedient? You know, the one who never gets yelled at, the one who doesn't do anything wrong, maybe the golden child, the chosen one, the favorite, right? Or maybe you're carefree the one who just does things on a whim, you know, act now, ask for forgiveness later. So when you think about this story, do you picture yourself as someone, you know, one of the two brothers? Now, I might be slightly embarrassed to say that I'm 34 years old, and it just barely occurred to me that we are all in our own way, the younger prodigal brother in this earth life, right? Running home to our father in heaven. I had always pictured myself as the older brother, And I don't know if it's because I am the oldest in my family of our kids, or maybe it's because I always thought of myself as the obedient one. You know, the one who always did what the mom and dad asked because I'm a people pleaser. You know, anybody else with me? I'll admit that I was a little uneasy with the story of the prodigal son because, yeah, I thought it was a little unfair. Being the obedient one who always tries to do things right, then you have the kid who does nothing right and comes home and still gets the same inheritance, right? So back to the talk of uh, by Elder Holland, the other prodigal, 
Now, I highly recommend you go and just listen or read the whole thing yourself. There are so many good thoughts and pointers, but we're just going to hit on a few things here. So back to the Bible, the story of the prodigal son, the younger brother is now home. We're having a party and the older brother starts to come back into the picture, right? So he comes back from working in the field like the good obedient boy that he is. And he's a little upset that his father is so dang happy and throwing this huge party because his younger brother has returned home after running away and wasting all of his money. Now, I'm just probably paraphrasing here, but I can imagine him saying like, hey, what about me? You never threw me a party. I mean, I've been here working hard the whole time, right? And what does his father say to him? He says, son, thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine from Luke 15, 31. So what is he telling him? He says, you've always been here and you have not gone without. You have not had to fear. You've not had to live with pigs and filth. And all that I have is still yours. Elder Holland says in his talk that the older brother for a moment seems to forget that every calf on the ranch is already his. So are all the robes in the closet and the rings in the drawer. He forgets that his faithfulness and has been and always will be rewarded. So he's saying that just because his brother is home and getting these blessings too is in no way taking away his blessings, right? The older brother's blessings. I love that he mentions that this is not a rival returning home. It is his brother. Okay, now my friends, we are going to step out of the story of the prodigal son and into the story of our own lives. Now, how are you doing this in your life? with your mom friends, with your sisters, with your neighbors, with that random influencer on Instagram. Elder Holland says that the older brother presumably has been very happy with his life, right? Very content with his good fortune. And now he suddenly feels very unhappy simply because another has had some good fortune as well. Ouch, right? So we're going to talk about this for a second. What ways are we feeling unhappy or unfair about our own lives because of the seemingly fortunate lives of others? And I say seemingly fortunate here because we all know that everyone is going through hard times or, you know, prodigal son moments, far off country moments that we can't see from the outside looking in. A few obvious examples that I'll touch on. I mean, the first one is obviously fitness, just because she, whoever she is to you, be it your neighbor, that Instagram girl, etc., just because she is killing it in the gym and with her macros does not prevent you from doing the same. Why are we in a competition? I've told this story before and it was several years ago now, but I have a friend who did one of those online fitness challenges. You know, the one where you submit your before and after pictures, you follow this strict workout regimen, you work out for four to six weeks, you have some kind of meal plan or you follow macros. Anyways, she ends up winning and obviously she had some great results, but she then learned that there were some other women who were talking amongst each other saying that she shouldn't have won because she obviously was making the pictures look better than they were by, you know, either stucking her gut out or sucking it in, in the beginning and end, you know, either way, why are they even talking about it, right? Who cares? It's because they probably felt threatened, right? They probably were a little un intimidated, you know, and maybe they were probably jealous. And really, they hadn't even entered the competition anyways, right? Like, it's not that they lost because she won. But what does shaming her results do for them? Now, when I heard this story, my main thought at the time was, her win is not your loss, right? Just because she is seeing success in her goals for the work that she is putting in, mind you, does not mean that you lose at your goal, right? 
It's not a competition. It's not a rivalry. Her tracking her macros and working out is not stopping you from also tracking macros or following a meal plan and working out whatever your goal is for yourself. So how would the feeling be if they supported her instead? Maybe congratulated her, boosted her up. It would be totally different, right? For her and for them. Okay, our next example. Now, maybe you see a mom killing it in her business or like she has some kind of project or goal that she's working on. Does her succeeding and prevent you from also succeeding in your business? No. Does her putting the work in prevent you from also putting the work in? Uh, nope. In fact, don't you think that if you supported and cheered for each other, you would both benefit and grow? You could collaborate from each other, you know, you could learn from each other. Even if you're in the same industry or niche, that doesn't mean you are straight up competition, right? And especially if you're in different industries or different niches, right? You are not a competition to each other. People are drawn to people and you want to be a person that is a supporter, not someone who steps on others, who puts others down to get yourself to the top, right? Now, I want to like interject here for a second and say we also need to bring into consideration our season of life, our where we are with raising our children. Maybe you have younger kids and she has older kids, right? Our time, the time that we have available to work and do these things is very different. So there is no need to compare when apples, it's not apples to apples, right? It's apples to bananas or kiwis even, right? Okay, now, of course, our third example I have is just plain old motherhood, right? Being a mom, the mom job, your hashtag mom life. Do you know someone who just looks like they are the best mother, right? Their house is immaculate. There are no toys on the ground, no crumbs. The kitchen is spotless. There's never laundry piled to the ceiling in the middle of the living room. There's no dishes in the sink. Every child smells perfectly. She looks and looks at the camera, including the baby and her perfect front porch Sunday selfie with their matching outfits. She has date night with her amazingly perfect husband every week. Her kids obey her every command. She has meal, meals prepped and dinner ready promptly at six. She has perfect lunches packed for her kids. They never eat sugar or food dyes, by the way. She also takes care of herself, is an amazing physique, eats perfectly, is never tempted by that cookie, and she's basically glowing. Do you know her? <laughs> because... I don't know her. I mean, I basically think we're all kind of trying to be her in a way. And yet we know that she doesn't exist, right? You know that she doesn't exist because she doesn't. So Elder Holland says, as others seem to grow larger in our sight, we think we must therefore be smaller. So unfortunately, we occasionally act that way. Ow, right? As in like we act small by putting others down to make ourselves feel bigger. Is that actually what happens? No, that's not what happens. So once again, why do we do this? Why do we do this to ourselves? Just the other day, I was telling myself that I just need to be okay with a constant pile of laundry sitting on my floor. I, can, I am really good at washing laundry. We have lots of clean clothes, no problem, but the problem is sorting it. So I have a giant pile of clean clothes on my bedroom floor. And I told myself, I just need to be okay with this for a few months, years, I don't know, until my kids can do it themselves. How, I mean, okay, it's not that I don't train my children, okay? I can sort it and they are great at putting it away in their own rooms or in dra own drawers. 
but um, yeah, the limiting factor is me, right? I'm having a hard time sorting it. And I know I have heard that you can hire this out and I've had a couple, you know, random of our babysitter girls do it for us, but it's just like, I don't know. I just have a hard time doing that. So anyways, I feel the pressure to always have it clean because I assume other moms have theirs clean, right? And they're pretty Instagram worthy homes. But what's the truth? They probably don't, right? Unless you're one of those awesome moms who does and is OCD about laundry. But anyways, how do we stop ourselves from this comparison trap? From feeling like because others are succeeding, we must therefore be failing or we lose by default, right? I have three things that you can do to actively move away from these thoughts, from this type of behavior. And I love when we have like three tangible steps that you can do to actively change the way that you're acting. So here are my three things. First, I want you to recognize. Yep, stop and recognize. Sounds easy, but do we actually do it? I feel like our brain is so conditioned. We're so used to thinking the same things over and over that we don't even realize we're thinking it. So recognize that you're feeling or thinking these things when a situation like this comes up. Are you comparing yourself to that girl on Instagram? Are you comparing to yourself to that mom at the gym? or that mom at the park, right? When this crosses your mind, stop and recognize that you're thinking something that probably isn't the best. So you have thoughts that are less than, maybe she's somehow better than you, right? Just recognize that you're doing that. Now, second, after you recognize that you're doing that, ask yourself why. Why are you thinking these thoughts about this person, about yourself? Because just because she's doing this thing or having these results, does it also prevent you from also doing that for yourself because a lot of times um no her doing it doesn't prevent you but maybe your season of life can kind of prevent you from doing these things like you need to ask yourself why because when you keep asking why you might realize that actually i don't need to be jealous because that's not actually my goal right and then third just to top it all off i want you to think of a compliment a genuine compliment for this person and extra points if you say it to her or leave a comment on social media and probably a, co a compliment for yourself because when you're doing this you're automatically shifting your focus from negative inward me 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 why is everything so awful thoughts to outward uplifting and abundant thoughts right you know the other morning i went to the gym with my girlfriends for a crossfit workout and these workouts are hard but i love the early morning class because I love to be with other moms, our friends. We call it our hot mamas class because it's basically 10 women. Most of us, like I said, all moms getting up and getting it in our workout in before we got to be home with the kiddos, before we got to go to work, all the things. So on this particular day, we had several 400 meter runs outside between our strength sets. So for example, we did 50 kettlebell swings followed by a 400 meter run. Then we come and do 40 burpees, then a 400 meter run, 30 box jumps, then a run. Okay, you get the idea, right? It was killer, but the 400 meter run was, like I said, outside, out the gym door, up the road a little bit and back. And all of us were going at different paces and different times. So we would pass each other when we were running and I couldn't help but smile as I was sucking air, feeling completely winded because every time you passed any one of them, you got a compliment boost, you know, a little bit of support. We would shout to each other, you're awesome, or you've got this, one more lap, good job, you're a beast, you're amazing, right? Every single time you passed each other. Isn't that what this life is about? It's about lifting each other up, especially us as women. 
We are all sisters, and when one of us suffers, we all suffer, and when one of us is honored, we all should rejoice. So remember, what are the three things I want you to do when this comes up? I want you to recognize, I want you to ask yourself why, and then I want you to think of a compliment. So I hope you found value in this episode today, and I hope that you make it a beautiful day for yourself. I have been thinking about motivation a lot these past few months, that I created a brand new guide on getting motivated. Believe me, like I said, these past few months have been up and down for me and I know what it feels like to not be motivated to do the things that I want to do, right? Things that I used to do and now I'm just trying to get back into doing them, but I've been lacking the motivation to get moving. So I created a five-day motivation guide where I will send you an email every morning for five days to help you look at where and why you are lacking the motivation and how you can get it back and get working on those dreams and goals of yours. I can't wait to see where your newfound motivation takes you. You can find my free guide linked in the podcast notes or through my Instagram bio. I'm just at Britain Pack. So let's get motivated and get moving together. Thanks for listening in today. It would mean the world if you subscribe to my podcast. And even if you wanted to write a review, I mean, we would be besties. But also, if you feel like this resonated or helped you with your day, please share it with a mom that you think would benefit. You're the best. I'll see you soon.